Hey everyone, my name is Erica. I'm our Graham Student Ministry Pastor. I'm one of our teaching pastors here on staff and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. One of the things about being a student ministry pastor is sometimes you work really weird hours. Uh, like sometimes you're, you work a whole week straight, like 24 hours when you take students to camp. It's wonderful, it's so great, but it's some, some weird hours, you know? Uh, I'm in the building super early on Sunday mornings and I'm in the building super late on Wednesday nights, which side note, Wednesday nights, that is when RBCC students meet. Uh, it's for all 6th through 12th grade students, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Join us. Okay, that's my plug. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but I'm not regularly in the building until like 9 p.m. on Wednesday nights and who knows what I've already done earlier in the day. Like sometimes it's just weird times and weird hours. But here are two things that you probably also don't know. One, I love sunsets. Like a good sunset is a game changer. I love sunsets so much. One time I like, for a Lent, a season of Lent, I, I stopped what I did every single day of Lent to watch the sunset. It was just, it was beautiful. I loved it. I love a good sunset. Also, it, here's the second thing you probably don't know. If you are staring at the Graham campus and you walk to the right side of the building, there is a set of stairs outside the building. You probably don't know that. You've probably never paid attention to that or maybe you've never seen our Graham campus. That's fine too. If you walk over there, there's a set of stairs there. And one night, it was a Wednesday, I was at the building super late and someone posted on social media, hey, there's a really beautiful sunset tonight. And so I walked out, the, there's a door there on that second story, and I walked out the door onto those stairs, and it felt like I was in the most amazing, the most beautiful, the most stunning sunset that I had ever seen. I stopped everything that I was doing, and I just sat there feeling like I was in this sunset. I think the only person who had a better view of the sunset that day was my friend who happened to be on the Ferris wheel in Seattle over the water during that sunset. And I was like, it was amazing. I stopped, I paid attention, I looked at the world around me. It felt like I was immersed in that moment. And maybe it isn't every human being but most human beings want an immersive experience. They want to be in it and part of it. It's why we pay to go to football games when you have access to better seats, probably better snacks, and like a better actual view of the game in your home. But you want to be in the stadium with everybody else. It's why I paid to go see Hamilton when it came to Seattle, even though I had seen it on Disney Plus with the original Broadway cast. It's why we want to fall in love and not just read about it. It's why we take vacation and, and don't just look at pictures. It's why we have the Van Gogh exhibit. It's, it's why we have those giant sweatshirt bathrobe things that make you feel like you're in a hug 24-7. We want to be immersed in things. And when we say yes to following Jesus, that becomes an immersive experience as well. It shows up everywhere in our life. And this series, All In, this has been at the heart of it. This has been a church-wide emphasis on discipleship and generosity. We believe that as we keep saying yes to Jesus over and over again, generosity is an outpouring of that. But too often we don't talk about that piece of following Jesus in our American church culture. 
We talk a lot about how following Jesus convicts us of our sin. We talk a lot about how we get peace and we there is love and there is restored like restored relationships. We talk about all of those things, but we don't always talk about how it changes our lives, what the outpouring is. We want to be all in for Jesus because Jesus was all in for us. And we want to give generously. We want to be generous because we want to be able to see things happen around us. We want to be able to be part of the kingdom of God coming to earth in new and powerful ways. Now, I want to be so clear right from the very start of this. You, right now, exactly where you are, you are completely loved by God. Generosity is not something that we do to earn God's love. God's love is given to us. But it is when we say yes to the things that he calls us to. It is when we say yes to those moments, to those awkward things, to brave things, to things that are new and outside of our comfort zone, that we get to experience his love in new and transformative ways. And so with that in mind, here's what we're talking about today. Generosity with time, gifts, and resources multiplies the spiritual growth of the giver. And as a staff, we truly and deeply believe that. We want for your spiritual growth to skyrocket. We also have to realize sometimes, though, that we don't entirely think it's possible for our lives. And that can be for any number of reasons. It can be because of sin. It can be because of life experiences. It can be because you might believe that you don't get to belong to a church community. But let me tell you, spiritual growth is possible no matter what circumstances you have faced, no matter what you have lived through. If you think sin is what is going to stop your spiritual growth, here's what you need to know. Jesus came to earth and he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And then he rose on the third day, defeating sin and death. And as he walked this earth, he made sure that everyone knew how much he loved them. And then he called them to leave their life of sin. You don't have to get all of your stuff together to then follow Jesus. The work that Jesus does transforms us. If you are worried that the life that you have lived prior to coming to church, prior to knowing Jesus is what is going to stop you from spiritual growth, Jesus handled that on the cross. In fact, today we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians together, which is a, a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. I know, such a boring name, but we'll talk about that some other day. But Paul was also known as Saul. And, and Saul went around like throwing Christians in jail and killing them. And then wrote a bunch of letters to encourage the early church to keep going and in turn encourage us today to keep going in our walk with God. Your life previous to knowing Jesus does not have to stand in your way. And if you think that you don't get to belong to a church community, whatever that looks like, for whatever reason, as you navigate life, I hope today we can address some of that. Because you, regardless of where you're watching, whether you are in the room watching this with, with other people, whether you're watching this online by yourself, you get to be part of a church community, regardless of your previous circumstances. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27 together today. 
And Corinth would have been a major city uh, that that would have had some experiences that, that we can actually relate to. They would have had people coming and going and new ideas constantly coming and going in and out of their city. And it was a super diverse city as well. Um, it was racially diverse, socioeconomically diverse. Multiple religions were all existing in this space. And so sometimes people would, you know, bump into each other. <laughs> sometimes there would be some clashing. Sometimes there would be some hard stuff. But here's what I want for us to keep in mind when we read the Bible. Context is so important. Understanding what was happening in the world at that time, culturally, it is key. But the heart of the problems that we face today are many of the same problems that people would have faced back then. Our hearts are not in that different of places. And so as we read this and we understand, okay, this was a city that would have had a lot of people trying to figure out what is truth. What do we do? How do we live this life well? Paul is trying to encourage the Christians that are living in this city to keep going in their walk with Jesus, to keep pursuing the truth, to keep showing up. And that is many of the same circumstances that we find ourselves in as well. And he would always use the gospel to challenge and transform their lives. So let's jump in together. Verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many." Okay, so let's, let's stop right there before we can go any further. The first thing that Paul does is establish unity. Paul is reminding this group of people that, that they are united around Jesus. And here is why that matters. The things that make them alike, the things that, the things that make them alike, the things that could bond them, the things that could help them grow together are far more important than any of the things that would make them different. And so as we look around at, at the people in our community, as the people we interact with online, to unite around Jesus is far more important and far more powerful than any of the things that might make you different from the person you're interacting with. Unity is key. They would have naturally fallen into divisions just like we do today, but Paul is addressing those divisions in the letter. What divides us is not greater than what unifies us. And when we lose sight of what unifies us, thinking that we should be all in could be the most time-wasting thing that we could ever do. Why be all in with someone who is different from me? Why seek to care for the needs of someone who believes that the world is very different than how I believe that it is? Why waste my time, effort, or energy on that? Because that's what we do in every political season. That's what we do in the wake of every stressful or heartbreaking event in the world. We think, why would I connect with someone else? That is disgusting. No thank you hard pass. But what we lean 
when we get to lean into unity, which is what we talked about in the very first week of this series, we are rallying around the life-changing work of Jesus and showing the world that there is something better than the ways that they have divided themselves. Let's keep going. Verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Paul is making it so clear that the things that each of us bring uniquely to the table is so important in making the capital Global C Church so effective. And it's the most effective when the people around the church see something different than what the rest of the world is offering. Love, unity, goodness, generosity, selflessness. And we all have to work together to actually make that possible. So if we are looking at somebody else who is absolutely crushing it, they have found their skills, they have found their calling, they have found their gifts, and you look at them and you think, oh, well, I'm not great like them, so I guess I just can't do anything, you're missing it. Let me tell you right now, that is a lie. Because do you know what? I don't want Rainier View to just be full of a bunch of Erica's. That sounds like a nightmare. I don't want, I want, I want that zero percent. Sure, there would be confetti. We would celebrate. People would feel less shame around crying and that would be a delight. But do you know what wouldn't happen? Nothing would get cleaned up well. Nothing would be organized. Some like really good, clear vision and movement into our community, that probably wouldn't happen. No sports would take place in our buildings. Zero out of 10. And the community would begin to think that following Jesus is only for 29-year-old women who love to sing karaoke. And that is not the case. That's not the case at all. Don't choose to be part of a community just because you are like everyone else who is there. Show up as you in places where maybe we've got to figure out how to make this all work together a little bit better. But there's a flip side to this as well. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. If you are in any position of leadership or influence, if you are in a church community that, that 
you love and you know loves you. If you are in a group that cares about you, here is your job. You have to go out of your way to include people who are different than you. You don't get to look at someone and say, because you don't fully understand their life, like, I don't really understand you, so bye. Good luck somewhere else. And, and most people here don't ever do it on purpose. Most people in the world are not trying to exclude someone else. But we begin to do it on accident when we don't say hi. And we, we do it unintentionally when we see that someone else is sitting in the seat that we love to sit in when we come to church on Sunday mornings. We do it on accident when, when we just sit with the same people at our place of work, in our school cafeterias, and we don't go out of our way to include someone else. If you feel like you belong at Rainier View Christian Church, you have to go out of your way to help other people know that they belong here because that is what the body does. It supports everything that is happening within it. It helps it to be stronger. It shows up, it strong, stronger parts of the body show up for weaker moments in the body to help it keep going. And then here's how Paul finishes up this section. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So act like it. Your whole self is invited to be part of the church. And when you say yes, aka when you start following Jesus, you have accepted the invitation. And if you want to experience God's love in ways that stretch you, being generous with your time, gifts, and resources is key to that happening understanding how to be generous with your time, that, that's pretty easy. That's, that's serving, not just attending a service on Sunday mornings. It's giving extra time during the week or maybe serving. If, you're, if you attend our physical campuses, maybe you serve during the service that you don't attend. It's giving up extra time. Your gifts are the things that you excel in, that you are extra talented in, that you might be an expert in. It's knowing that you have this in your brain and helping someone else figure it out. Learn how to use that, that skill in their own life. And your resources are your finances. If you have the ability to give financially, give financially. Through All In, one of the things that we are switching is we are going to this one fund idea. When our church budget is full and healthy, we get to help more students go to camp. I get to buy snacks for students with far less stress. We get to help see the good news of Jesus become real to the next generation. Because we live in a world where the best strategies require financial support. That, that's just the circumstances that we're in. Now, if you're joining us and church is super new to you, you're probably feeling pretty overwhelmed by all of the things that I have just said here. And that's, that's super fair. Pick one, your time, your gifts, your resources. Pick one of those areas and begin to figure out what it looks like for you to be generous in that area. I guarantee that you will see spiritual growth happen there. But let's say that church isn't new to you. 
let's say that you have picked one of these areas a really, really long time ago and you've stuck with it. You've run with it. You're like, I am super generous financially and not the other two. Or I am super generous with my gifts, but not my resources, not my time. You've been serving forever, but you've never actually been able to give your expertise or give financially. Begin to include those other two. Begin to see what happens as you incorporate these other things. You will begin to see your spiritual growth take off in ways that, that maybe you thought weren't possible anymore. Because if generosity is something that we can see modeled through the universe that God has created, through what Jesus did on the cross, through the never-ending wisdom of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, then we have to practice generosity in all the areas of our life, not just one. All of the areas, not just one. Because generosity with time, gifts, and resources multiplies the spiritual growth of the giver. It's coming at us from all sides and shaping us into people that reflect God and his love and his character to the world around us. And that is spiritual growth. And it requires us to, to depend on God in ways that maybe we haven't yet. Now, I'm going to share with you kind of what my experience with All In has been. And I'm going to get a little vulnerable here, but we have to agree that we're going to be cool about this. Okay, great, perfect. Thank you so much for agreeing to that. I didn't hear it, but I believe that we all just agreed to this together. <laughs> the financial component of All In is spot on. We are seeing the needs in our community grow every single day. And the problems aren't someone else's problems. They are our problems now we get to begin to be part of solutions to serve our community really well in ways that we have not had the opportunity to do before. But we currently are not set up to be able to meet those needs. We are currently set up to be able to meet the needs that we have been meeting and we cannot do more without the financial piece to all in. That's just where we are. So I'm super cool with it. Now, I know that there are pros and cons to every life stage and to every season and to every circumstance. I'm single and I, I don't have to worry about like running financial decisions through someone else's filters or dreams. And that's a delight. And I am not currently raising kids. And that just seems like so exhausting. And they're sick all the time. I am not getting sick all of the time. And that's really, really great. But I am also feeling being single in like a, a new tender kind of way in this season. And, and I, I can't explain all of it and it's not what the sermon is about, but I've been feeling it a little bit deeper. And I have, I've literally said to God as I have walked through figuring out what does it look like for me to be all in, for me to be generous, I have said, I feel like everyone else has support and love and and you want me to now give even more financially you want me to go without something else you want me to go without again 
You want me to rein in going out to eat? But, but God, like, that's sometimes the only way that I'm able to spend time with my friends. Because they're like, let's meet up at this restaurant. Or, or it's the only time that they feel like they're also getting a break and it's a gift that I have. Or, or you want me to maybe not be spending as much on gas money? Well, in my season of flexibility as, as being single, I'm able to go and see my friends. So, so what, what do I do? I can't just like buy everything I want. How do I like mask some of the sadness that I'm spending yet like another Friday night just like in my house alone? It has been something that I have really, really wrestled with. But spiritual growth doesn't mean that we just keep operating in the ways that come easy and naturally and comfortably. Spiritual growth means that that we, that, that I, have to open myself up to God more and see how he will meet me. And hopefully you will begin to see how God will meet you in your places of weakness. And this idea of generosity, it isn't just for adults. I have had the privilege of talking about all in and generosity with students. And, and here's what I've told them. I don't want them to be 30, 40, or 50 years old and surprised by the fact that generosity comes with following Jesus. I want them to know that now, and I want it to shape how they live their life until they get to a place where they can maybe be financially more generous in different seasons. And in the last couple of weeks, we actually had a student commitment night where we gave them an opportunity to commit to some things that God might be inviting them to. And, and our kids had an opportunity to participate with that as well. And so we want to just show you a really fun video of, of kids and students committing to God and committing to All In. Why I'm in All In is because I want to help people and going to church is really fun for me so I can learn more about God and what just generosity means. And why are you excited for um, what your money will do at RVCC? Well, so we can have more privileges and like air conditioning and lights and more fun and stuff. Um, to be kind to others and to give, uh, to be selfless. Giving to others, like even when you don't, like it doesn't benefit you. Generosity is important to me because I, it's a, I am always trying to do my best and it, and do and being generous is is a part of that. So I'm so excited because. Um, it does help church, and it helps um, them build it bigger, and so other people might come in um, and have them help and get jobs here too. And generosity means to be kind and helpful, and do whatever you can to um, to do um, something kind or sweet. And generosity means to me that. Um, to be kind to others and treat people the way you want to be treated and to give people a need. Generosity means to me, I mean, like, if 
you can give someone more than they need to make them happy. Because I do. <laughs> yeah. Because I had to put in box, in, so I had to put money in the box yeah. and save it to church. Yes. And then had to save it in church. And then after some church, then had to save it with money. Mm -hmm. And then, wait, what's it called then? That's it. So what does this mean for you? Well, if you are watching and you are a student, you are part of the church. Generosity does not exist in the future. You can begin to be generous now. And if you are watching this and you are an adult, be inspired by the next generation who's already leaning in and already saying yes to God and to generosity. Here's the other thing that it means for all of us. Begin praying about what a commitment to being generous in all three of these areas of your life would look like in your specific way and in your specific context. And here's why it matters. I cannot compare a financial component of all in to someone who has just won the lottery, right? Like my ability to be all in financially is a very different from someone else who just won the lottery, you know? And I can't compare being generous with my time to maybe someone who is retired and, and is eager to, to serve in some different ways. I can't compare being generous with, with gifts to someone who is an expert in something that the church will deeply benefit from. I think about my parents a lot in this. My parents own a heating and air conditioning business and they get phone calls from us all the time that are like, why is the thermostat doing this thing? Can you help us? We don't know what we're doing, right? I don't have that knowledge. I need that. I need someone else's expertise in that area. But there is a specific way that God can invite you to be generous in this next season. And so here's kind of what it's looked like for me. I have really had to, to look at my budget, at my calendar, at what, what are the things that maybe I actually do know, that, that maybe I am uniquely wired to know about or speak into um, in our church or on our staff? How, how do I be part of that? Look at your life. Pray over your budget, pray over your calendar, pray over your knowledge, the, the resources, the gifts that you have available to you. And ask God specifically, what does it look like for me to be generous here? And we see generosity weaved all the way throughout what God is doing in our lives. If you go through and read the Bible, you see that God shows up in abundant ways, in ways that people never anticipated. And he continues to do that for us. And so when we pray, when we begin to see God's character show up in our life and we pray for those things more, he answers those prayers. So as we pray to be generous with our time, with our gifts and with our resources, your spiritual growth will multiply. You will become more and more like God. We will see our community come to know Jesus in beautiful ways. And it begins with us being all in, in an immersive way.
throughout our whole life.